Hi, everybody. Welcome to Joint Air Christian Lifestyle. Shane Fritz here with you today. Super excited to be bringing you another episode of Joint Air Christian Lifestyle. We are uh, we're going to be getting into uh, a series of episodes today, um, building off of really the last two episodes. And um, I'm going to be I'm going to be jumping off today out of Philippians 4, 6, and 7. We kind of ended there last week. Last week we focused on how Jesus changes atmospheres, how the Holy Spirit imparted to us, then makes us an atmosphere changer. If you didn't listen to that episode, I encourage you to go back. It's going to lay the foundation for where we go over the next four or five episodes. Um, And we kind of ended in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I'm going to be sharing some uh, some testimony uh, throughout this episode um, because the truth is that that a lot of what I'm going to talk about over the next uh, few episodes these are these are things that that we have to live by faith and revelation in order for them to have an effect in our life and it sounds like really really good theory if I just say them but I don't make it personal. So I'm going to give you some testimony here in this episode as we jump off into the following episodes. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, like I said, we ended there kind of last week. And uh, I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Remember we talked about when you have an attitude of gratitude, anxiety, can't steal your lunch money. It's actually a built-in, a built-in incapacity of our brains to have a focus of gratitude and a focus of anxiety at the same time. It's really awesome that we're looking at at how God created us to to benefit ourselves here. And he goes on here, verse seven. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything. We can understand. I love that. He's going to give you a peace over your life so great that you won't even understand why you have it. Your brain won't be able to comprehend the amount of peace that rests on you. And he goes on there. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We get our hearts and our minds guarded. And it's so key there. What's he say? As we live in Christ Jesus. The, 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 the weight of those two verses lies on that, last, on that last phrase, as we live in Christ. Living in Christ is where, is where that peace comes from. But really living in Christ requires that attitude of gratitude. Okay, so going to share going to share some testimony here with you guys. Um, one thing that, that I hear people tell me a lot is that nothing rattles me. I, like I seem pretty even, um, most of the time. And that's, uh, that's awesome that, that people, you know, they say that, but the truth is that, that I get rattled just like everybody else. Um, there's a difference between being rattled and being thrown, uh, thrown off your foundation or thrown off your, your base. You know what I mean? We're supposed to be standing 
on that firm foundation, um, I get rattled. I don't get moved. And that comes from, from what I'm going to talk about here, you know, over these next couple episodes. I, if you've worked with me at all before, you probably have heard me uh, say this phrase. We're not going to get too excited today. It's kind of it's kind of become a catchphrase of mine. I probably have said that thousands of times just over the last year. I probably say it multiple times a day. You know, the truth is that uh, when we have an understanding that we just we we're always working as if it were for Jesus, then we're always working for Jesus, and and from that place, all of a sudden, the things that are going on around you, um, they kind of lack as much impact on you. It's not that we don't hustle. It, you know, it's not that we don't work hard. It's that we're always working hard and we're always getting our job done because we're working as to Christ. Now, when there's a something that somebody's trying to get a reaction out of you, if I'm already working for Jesus and the weight of what I do is poised towards him, then whatever a man brings to me, whatever external situation comes to me, I'm already working it as to Christ. And so that, I'm just going to tell you something. If you struggle, if you struggle with remaining calm at work, um, I just encourage you to meditate on that. If you're working as if it were for Christ, you will work without having external circumstances um, bully you and steal your lunch money. Uh, and that's really what happens. If you've ever lost your cool at work, and believe me, uh, if you went back five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, you would have seen me lose my cool at work. You don't see it anymore. It's because I, I have this revelation now, and it's changed my life. That being said, like I said, I do get rattled. I do get shaken. I don't get moved. Um, if you're a friend of mine, if you're, if you know the, you know, me personally, you probably know, I just came through a season of financial difficulty. You know, we're not totally out of the woods yet, but we see, we see the promises and faithfulness of God coming. Um, we, we went through this season of financial difficulty. I just transitioned jobs and this is like, this has been difficult for me changing jobs. And, and I'll explain why, um, I got radically saved, uh, about three years ago at the time I had a job, I was working seven day swing shift, um, all the time. And almost immediately when I got saved, I felt the need to go into ministry. In fact, like I got radically saved and I was doing homeless ministry the, like the next month. Um, like I got radically saved and within a month I was doing classes, um, ministry classes because I knew I was supposed to minister. I came out of that religious background. God opened up the valve, uh, let everything that had been locked in my head go through a filter of Jesus and hit my heart. And all of a sudden the gospel made sense. He's really that good. Okay. So I felt like I was supposed to go into ministry. I felt like I was hearing from the Lord that I was supposed to leave that job. And so I did. And I know God was, God was directing me through that season. He led me to a job. I was working uh, Monday through Friday. I had weekends off. I was doing ministry um, and and really repairing my family. I mean, you got to understand this is like all transitional stuff that was happening. The finances worked out. Um, 
and really that job was was a beautiful thing that that it came at that time allowed me time to to strengthen my marriage strengthen my bond with my kids focus on on uh, on ministry and really making sure that what I was hearing from God was sound um, sound doctrine that, that, that I was going to be speaking would be in line with the Bible, you know, all of that. I got led into that job and all of a sudden, you know, I'm praying for people. People are getting healed, uh, on the factory floor. people are being delivered from anxiety and depression. Um, all kinds of amazing stuff. I mean, I mean, suicide, um, stopped in its tracks, um, because of a word of knowledge. So, so listen, that job was very, very much part of where I was supposed to be. And, and if I'm being honest here, probably about nine months before I left, I got released from that job. I felt, I felt it in my spirit that God was saying, you've done enough here, you can go. And in my mind, I know that I heard God correct, but sometimes we hear God correct, and then we try to finish his sentence or finish his thought for him. And so in my mind, I was there to then transition into a full-time ministry role. That's where things got confusing because I was having financial trouble. I'm praying for an answer to this prayer. And in the course of the next six, seven months, I actually had three offers to go pastor different churches and as I'm getting these offers to go pastor different churches, I keep hearing the Holy Spirit say, that's not right. Victoria is telling me, that's not right. And we're, so we're processing through all of this that we know we're, what we're called to do, and yet we're turning down what seems to be the answer to prayer. Meanwhile, we're suffering financially. So I'm praying in for an answer to this, and the answer I received doesn't line up with anything that I think it should be. And the direction was to go back to the job that I'd left two and a half years ago. So, and if you talked to me during that time frame, you would know I was resistant to this idea because it, it didn't line up with what I thought things should be. And that, and that was the main problem. It didn't line up with what I thought things should be. But here's what I'm going to tell you. The destination, the promise that God gave me, it, it never changed. He never changed what he promised me. What changed was the timing and the path that I thought it should go. And I'm totally okay with that. But I was rattled. I was rattled. I submitted and I was obedient. And I'm seeing blessing from that right now. I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But, but these storms, they come. You know, we see the storm that comes up on Jesus and the disciples there in the boat. And Jesus is napping and resting at, in that boat. He's got his head on a pillow. He's comfortable, right? And he gets up from that place of rest and peace and he speaks to the storm and it stops. And then we also have the storms that Jesus talked about that's going to bring winds and rains and attest our foundation. I want to make this statement. Your heart posture will decide whether you speak to the storm, but God's will will determine whether the storm's allowed to stay or leave. I'm going to say that again. Your heart posture will decide whether you speak to the storm, 
but God's will will determine whether the storm's allowed to stay or leave. We can't expect to speak stillness to a storm when we can't be still in the storm. To find rest and peace in the middle of storms, we have to be postured in that place of gratitude. Without an attitude of gratitude for Christ and for his faithfulness, we will not, we will not have the, the mental fortitude to stay the course and stay focused on him. We have to be founded on the word. We have to be founded on Jesus. He, he is our foundation. He, he was my foundation through this season. If I wasn't founded on him, if I wasn't living in him, and we're going we're gonna to get into this over the next couple episodes, what it really means, what he accomplishes when we live in him, I would have hit that time of testing and I would have questioned my calling. I would have, I would have questioned the promises he gave me. I would have questioned the provision he was giving to me. How many of you know I was provided for through the whole thing? But he was telling me, you need to move. I was reluctant to move. And so the storm was getting worse because I wouldn't obey as he was directing me. I would have hit that time and questioned my calling, his promises, his provision. And what happens there is I would have put him on trial. And instead of me being proved, I would have been asking him to prove himself. I got to be honest with you. He's proven himself to me over and over and over again. We build on him a history. Like our house that's built on his foundation is a history of, of what he's done, his faithfulness in our life. We look back at, at Jesus in that boat with the disciples, right? The disciples get panicked because they're in a boat with Jesus. But can I tell you something? Jesus isn't in the boat with us anymore. Jesus is the boat we're in. This revelation has to touch you. We're no longer in a boat with Jesus. We're now in the boat called Jesus. And going back to this, Jesus takes naps in the middle of the storms. If you can't find rest and peace in the middle of the storm, you will not be able to speak to the storm effectively. And the storm will rock you and toss you. And that's when you'll come into that place of seeing the boat almost swamped and you're thinking about trying to swim. Okay? You have to stay in the boat. You have to stay focused on Christ. I got this, this was earlier this week, if you follow me on, on Facebook or whatever, I put out this post. I heard the, word, the, the, the Lord really speaking to me that sometimes we have to shelter in place, okay? We're called to speak to storms, but sometimes storms don't leave. It's at God's will whether the storm leaves or not. When the storm doesn't leave, when I was going through that financial situation, right, I had to shelter in place. And when you, if you're from an area that gets bad storms, okay, you know what I'm talking about. When they call, when, if there's a tornado warning that's coming, or you can no longer evacuate an area, they tell you to shelter in place. And, and that means different things depending on the storm. But what the Lord is speaking to me is when you shelter in place, you go into an area that has no windows. 
A lot of times you go into the, the basement of a home and you, and you shelter in place in the basement of a home. And as you shelter in place, what are you surrounded by? It's the foundation of the home. Sometimes we need to go low and we need to shelter in place and just focus on Jesus, our foundation. When we do that, when we focus on Jesus, the wind and the rain and what's going on outside externally, we can't even see it anymore. There's not windows to see it. The protection that comes from Jesus is there not being windows to see what's coming at us externally. When we can close our eyes and rest in him in the storm, we'll be in a place to speak to the storm with power and authority, and we'll also be in a place to weather the storm and come out on the other side actually refreshed from our rest. We build on him. our foundation. We don't always get it right. When I tell you I was rattled, I mean, I was rattled. I mean, at first I was really shaken up. It took me consciously looking out the windows at the storm from my house and saying, you know what? I need to just go low with Jesus. I need to, I need to hide myself in him. I need to be in my rock, in my fortress, in my refuge. Every time we go through the storm, we build a history. We build a track record. And in the future, we draw strength from that. It's, it's an exercise in faith. It, when you physically exercise, you know, you strain, you tear muscles, you cause damage to muscles, and they grow back stronger. When we go through the storm, it's the same thing. We're actually getting stronger with every storm we go through. But the key to staying in that place of peace and rest, according to Philippians, and maintaining correct heart posture through the process, is living in Christ. He's more than the foundation. He's the whole house. He's, he's more than in the boat with us. He is the boat. And, and so, you know, as I was going through this this transition that didn't look right to me because I was in this job that had actually been a blessing for, for, you know, well over, um, two years, you know, I'm at this job and things are happening. I'm seeing God move in my life. He's given me assignments. He's given me, me ideas. He's given me teachings. Uh, And actually this transition has turned into a blessing because there were things that I was being given that I didn't have time for at that other job. Now I'm being given grace on my time to, to actually accomplish and steward what he's given me to do it as, as I, uh, as I allowed him and submitted to his pruning and I'm being cut back. There's actually been increase already coming. And I, I, and, and like I said, we're just talking over a few month time span already. You know, a lot of that, these teaching programs that, that we're getting ready to drop. Uh, honestly, there's a book that, that we're working on right now. Um, we're, we're doing new ministry outreaches, um, new ways to reach um, Gen Z. I mean, I mean, honestly, like we're, we're already seeing new ways to present the gospel to Gen Z and Gen Alpha that, that I think, you know, we're, we're ready to harvest souls. And, and we just, we're in gratitude for, for what's being spoken into us as we look 
uh, as we look forward to, you know, really the, the fruition of all these promises and all of these things that he's given us, we're, we're, we're starting to pray crazy prayers. We're believing for harvest of souls because of spiritual warfare beyond anything we could imagine and specific prayer points and, and really going low. It's not about being out in front. Sometimes we need to go low and just allow God to do a work in us and through us. And whether people see it or not, we just have to stay in that place. Um, the, the, the promises that were given often and the, and the dreams that God gives us oftentimes, man, they're bigger than anything we could really imagine. But we'll only see them through if we can stay in a place of peace and rest and not get rocked by the world. Because if the devil can have you starting to think about jumping out of the boat and swimming for sure because it's getting too real, then he's going to keep rocking the boat. But the truth is he can't sink the boat. But our faith will be tested as far as it takes for us to consider jumping out of the boat. That's as far as he will test you. That's as far as he'll take you. As far as Satan can, can stir a storm around you is as, is as far as it will take you to think about jumping out. But when you live a life of full surrender and you really live in that place of being co-crucified with Christ... And now it's no longer I who live, but him who lives in me. And I'm living in him, in Christ. From that place, the storms won't have you thinking about jumping out and running. They won't have you thinking about, um, you know, running out of the house or jumping out of the boat. Paul says you'll experience peace greater than what you can comprehend or imagine. It's beyond our brain's capabilities. When we live in Christ. And it, I love, I love that he says, as we live in Christ. You know, when we minister the gospel, it's, it's, a, it's an as we go ministry. As you live in Christ, it's an as you go process. That's what I'm saying. You will still go through things. We're promised that. I, I believe it's James 1 says, they're coming. The trials, the tribulations, the troubles, they're headed your way so that they can complete and perfect the work in you. Um, so over the next few weeks, we're going to be discussing just that, what it means to live in Christ. I'm going to be out of 1 Corinthians 1.30. And uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 1.30 tells us four things the incarnation of Christ became for us. And I'm going to go a step further and say that that these are four things that Christ incarnated for us. That, that he is actually these things. We just live in them. Okay, so I'm going to read 1 Corinthians uh, 1. I'll do 30 and 31. And, um, and then we're going to start breaking this down. We're just going to talk about the first one today. And uh, we'll probably just lay a little bit of groundwork and jump in with the next episode, actually. I'm looking at my time, and I don't want to keep you guys too long on one episode. So uh, 1 Corinthians 1.30 and 31, reading out of the New King James, says, But of him you are in Christ Jesus. Don't you just love that? Who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification 
and redemption. You are in Christ Jesus. I'm going to say that a lot over the next few episodes because I need I need you, if you're listening to this, if you want peace that surpasses understanding, if you want your heart and mind safeguarded, this is the revelation that you need. You are in Christ for a very, very specific reason. Okay. Since living in Christ is what safeguards our hearts and minds as we live in him, Paul tells us that we are in Christ and he lists four things Christ became for us. First, the wisdom from God. Second, righteousness. Third, sanctification. Fourth, redemption. He doesn't just he doesn't just make you righteous. He is righteousness for you. He doesn't just bring the wisdom of God. He is the wisdom from God for you. He doesn't just bring sanctification to you. He is sanctification for you. He doesn't bring just bring you redemption. He actually is redemption for you. The phrase in Christ refers to Jesus as our bodily covering, as his body is our covering. His mind is our wisdom. His heart, his blood is new life that changes our nature and motives. When we live in him as our covering, then everything external has to go through the filter of Jesus. And at the same time, everything we are goes through the filter of Christ as God sees us. This is really important. I want you to envision yourself. You pick out whatever organ or bone you like. That's what you are in Christ, okay? You are in his body, protected by him, benefiting from his blood. And everything external would have to go through his body to get to you. On top of that, as you're presented to the Father, he sees you through the glasses of the Son. He becomes the wisdom from God for you. He becomes righteousness for you. He becomes sanctification for you. He becomes redemption for you. He becomes the actual entity of each thing. It's an ongoing thing. First uh, John says he is our advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Okay, all right. So that's what we're going to jump into over the next couple episodes. We're going we're gonna to look at these things that Jesus actually becomes for us. Four different facets that Christ becomes the incarnation of for us that we benefit and experience them without earning them or achieving them apart from him. They can only be experienced and given us in him. They can only be realized by a life that stays living in him. All four things Christ becomes for us are available to experience as soon as we accept him. There's no 
process by which you become over time. You get them on day one as soon as you start living in Christ. It requires a full surrender. It requires full obedience. There are requirements on our life, but there's no time requirement. You get them right away. It's as soon as you start living from that place of it's no longer I who lives, but Christ that lives in and through me. And we become a living expression of his will on earth as we do that. So we're going to stop there for today. We're going to pick this up next week with wisdom from God. And so I hope that this episode has blessed you. We're not going to spend as much time on testimony as we go through the next few weeks. But I really felt like we had to to set some groundwork and talk about what it really means for Jesus to be the boat, for Jesus to be the foundation and the house, for, for him to be our full protection, our full covering, so that we don't get rocked to a place where we get thrown out of the boat, but so that we can weather the storms with him or speak to the storm and still it. So until we talk next week, guys, be blessed.